Hey again, everybody. Uh, glad to be back here with you on uh, Floating in Space. It's Martian UFO, that's me. And um, yeah, man, today it's uh, more of a cloudier day. You know, sitting out here in Calgary, just looking up at the clouds. And uh, I don't know, looks like we might have a little storm, maybe a little light drizzle. It was spitting a little bit earlier, so we'll see how long I last out here. Anyways, um, I'm bringing you uh, a little light topic today and um, talking about the uh, the NBA restart and just going into um, I guess my my take on it giving you most of the facts and whatnot if you, you don't know what the NBA is planning on doing and I guess maybe what their whole motive is and what the projections are for them looking into the future because uh, the NBA is kind of in a uh, unique spot right now they're in a pretty difficult situation and yeah we're going to talk about that <clears throat> so um if you don't know anything about the uh the nba restart the nba this year uh decided to restart the season um starting july 30th and they chose 22 out of the uh, 30 teams um and the conferences or whatever to, to start and to finish out the season um based on probably the their winning, losing records and whatnot. Um, and I guess you probably want to know which teams are playing. Um, in the Easter Conference, um, they're doing the Milwaukee Bucks, the Raptors are in there, of course, uh, the Celtics, the Heat, the Pacers, the 76ers, the Nets, the Magic, and the Wizards. And then on the Western Conference, we got the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, uh, the Jazz, the Thunder, Houston Rockets, Dallas Mavs, uh, the Grizzlies, the Blazers, and the Pelicans. And unfortunately, uh, my favorite team, the Warriors, aren't in there this year. They've taken a couple of hits <laughs> since last season. So, you know, we might see them back uh, in the next year, in the coming years. I don't know if uh, by some miracle it can happen that, you know, Giannis can, can get traded over there. They can pull something out of the hat. Um, people think that that trade is unconceivable or that he would not even trade that he, he would choose to go there. Um... But who knows, man? We'll see. We'll see. And so, in their whole schematic, I guess they're they're looking at playing these games at uh, at the Disney World Resort in Florida, and they have like a whole uh, enclosed uh, athletics facility in there. And the teams will be playing, and it'll be the media, the teams, the coaches, things like that. No fans, uh, no ticket sales. But um, I guess in terms of monetization, the NBA is looking at maybe getting uh, into the future. I was reading about, uh, they're, getting, they're really looking into um, bets, bet, betting on the games, being able to uh, have people playing online and, and betting on the games, who's gonna win, this kind of stuff. Betting on the shots and, and everything you can, you can imagine. Um, but kinda about, uh, we're gonna talk about how their whole platform is gonna be changing based on uh, just their, their presence on cable TV really reducing um, from last year and how that's affecting them uh, monetarily and how it's kind of leading some of their their decisions now because really you see the reports coming out daily with more and more players actually contracting uh, COVID-19 and then they're either 
still at the facility. They're um, away from the other teammates and whatnot and are thinking that they're going to play by some hope in the future or some others have outed out once they found out that they had it. But it's just like I'm I was I was shocked, honestly, that they were like as soon as, you know, you hear one player has COVID-19 after you guys have decided to restart the season. It's like, oh, shit, well, now, you know, half the players want to play, but then half of them might be scared that, like, um, I'm out here with these guys on the court. We're, um, you know, bumping each other. We're up in each other's spaces playing this game, and, and it's very easy for um, germs to spread, obviously. Uh, but, yeah, you know, they went ahead with it. And I think um, I think we're gonna explain how how that came to be. But uh, so and and what they're doing, they're doing uh, seeding games before uh, the season actually starts. And there's gonna be um, some scrimmage games, I guess, before that too, for I guess guys who aren't in as good a shape to kind of get the teams back in rotation with each other with their plays and, and things like this. And the seeding games, they're calling them uh, the eight remaining games. Each uh, team that's coming back will play before the actual playoffs begin. And um, the games, uh, the NBA had selected them out of uh, each team's remaining uh, regular season matchups. And there wasn't that many left, I think, because they're saying that by the time that the seeding games are over, each team would have played around 70-something games of the, of the, if there was, like, a normal season. Um, <clears throat> uh, where will the games be played? So the NBA and Disney reached an agreement to have games played at ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. That's what it's called at Walt Disney World Resort near Orlando, Florida. Um, the venues for all games will be inside the arena, Fieldhouse and Visa Athletic Center. So imagine being in there the whole time, you can't really leave. It's probably like, uh, no, I wouldn't say like jail or prison for them. They can obviously go around in the, like the facility, but it's like living in camp, you can't really leave. You know, if you're uh, an old field worker, you're living in camp, or I guess the idea of jail. <laughs> You know, they got security over there watching you and things like this. And yeah, they confirmed no live audience, no tickets uh, for the remaining season. Um, it's going to be a whole bunch of medical uh, protocols, obviously. And then the playoffs are going to start. The first round begins August 17th. So if anybody's looking to actually watch, um, if they got it on TV or streaming or whatever, it's going to start August 17th. The uh, semifinals begin August 31st, and then the conference finals begin September 15th. Uh, NBA finals will be September 30th. This is real weird, right? You usually think that the season's starting usually um, around October, November. And um, yeah, man, this coronavirus is really shaking up everything. <laughs> uh, let's go forward here. Mm, so how will playoff seating work? They're kind of doing something different this year. It's going to be... Regular mostly with the, the seven teams in each conference with the best records. Uh, regular season games plus seeding games will have clinched the playoff spot automatically. And then um, the usual tiebreaker scenarios will be in place for uh, those seeds. And then the eighth seed uh, could, could potentially sorry, come down to a playing tournament. And the playing tournament is going to be, uh, to my understanding, if uh, the team that's currently in the eighth spot, if their record is, if there are four games ahead, of the team that's behind them in ninth, then they automatically get the eighth, um, and it's theirs. They move ahead. But if the team behind them, if they're any uh, less than four games ahead, then they have to do their own kind of uh, uh, little uh, series to decide who actually gets that eighth spot and fight for it, basically, which is kind of cool. 
you could probably say, oh, you know, it's not fair. We're, we already got the eighth spot. Now we got to fight for it. But um, for the ninth uh, place team, you know, it's kind of some incentive to try and get in there. You haven't been playing for a couple months now, you know, for guys, I guess, who want to maybe make a little bit more money, who want to uh, uh, give their team a chance to get into the playoffs to play a little bit more basketball. Yeah, it could be a good opportunity. All right. And then drawing forward with the lead schedule, I guess it's not really too important, but uh, um, they're starting the draft October 15th. And then free agency is going to be in October 18th. So for people who are looking at um, um, James Wiseman, Lamelo, guys who are going to be coming up in the draft, I don't think there's really a lot of big names this year. But if you're paying attention to that, you know, um, that'll be around that time. And then free agency begins October 18th and November 10th, training camps for the new season. And then December 1st, they're starting the, the new season. Um, the 2020-21 uh, season starts that day. Which I think, honestly, in my opinion, that's cool because you wouldn't imagine, like, uh, if they're starting in December, uh, it's going to be a good run, obviously, through, right? Because they have that little break where there's no basketball for the break or whatever, and there's not really much to watch. But now you're going to have basketball consistently through um, December, January, um, February, March, April, May. Um, and it'll be all right. And the, the all-star break is going to be around um, sometime in the spring, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> and uh, for their championship odds, everybody uh, is of the opinion, or everybody, I guess, knows that the Lakers have the best chance to get it. Um, and the Clippers come in behind them. And I think, uh, I don't know, man, I'm rooting for Giannis. I'm rooting for the Bucks to see how they end up and how they do. Um, and I think... Uh, half of me hopes that he loses, that he he doesn't get through, because that will motivate him in the last year of his deal with uh, the Bucks to maybe hear something from Golden State. They don't got much money to offer, but um, you know they can try and pull something. They pulled big moves before, and then you never know. So now let me tell you the players. So this is yeah where it gets scary. Players who are ruled out because they were uh, they contracted COVID nineteen. Um, let's see here. And luckily for them, right, guys who decided not to play uh, still get their salaries. Um, you know, we got Victor Oladipo, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, obviously not playing. Kyrie Irving, who took a very strong stance against playing and was trying to convince other players to, to stand out as well. And I wonder what his motivation is. Like, I think, you know, he's really the fear of, of getting sick. And he's probably looking at it like... Um, and in the terms of he knows that the organization doesn't really value the players the way that it should like they're they're just looking at them like you'll go out there and play you know put on a show for the fans the nba is an organization is losing money and yeah we don't really care about the safety so much as we care about uh the the money the fans the the game itself <coughs> and i'm sure that he wants to play but um yeah dangerous situation and, you know, DeAndre Jordan immediately ruled out, right? They found out right last minute, basically, that um, he contracted it, can't play. He got replaced. Um, Teron Prince of the Nets got replaced with Michael Beasley. Um, the Pelicans didn't even, um, they haven't disclosed who's, uh, who's contracted it on, on their roster. They just replaced three guys. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, 
isn't playing. Mm. Jamal Crawford took his spot. And we got a couple more. Trevor Ariza decided not to play. Avery Bradley decided not to play. Davis Bertans. Not really huge names, right? Willie Cauley-Stein. <laughs> uh, Wilson Chandler is not in there. <clears throat> but now, um, the important stuff to tell you about why you know, why the NBA might really be doing this, why um, they decided now is a good time. You know, I'm going to draw back a little bit to uh, um, the NBA and the uh, Turner media deal with ESPN. If you guys know anything about that, that deal is uh, supposed to expire um, in 2024, 25. And so they're looking into um, different ways to kind of to build stability, to build more power in the future and for restructuring like the new deal and things like this um i'm sure it's not going to look anything like um like it does now because let's look into some some numbers here so espn put up half the money turner paid the other half and it was quite a significant amount of money 485 million and 445 million for their deal um and let's tell you about the nba's business model because uh people think you know the nba makes a lot of money athletes make millions of dollars and and things like this but the nba among um the four sporting giants in in america you know you compare it to the nfl the mlb and uh what's the other one i think uh I don't want to mess it up. Soccer, maybe. Who knows? I don't watch a lot of soccer. Anyways, the NBA is the smallest one. The NBA is the youngest of them all, and, and it's the smallest in terms of how much time it gets on television. And uh, its revenues are about half of the NFL. What's the NFL? You know, its players, a lot of its players don't make huge million-dollar salaries, right? They don't make... Um, lots of money copious amounts of money to which that you know they get huge contracts and things like this nba players do and so it's interesting that the nba as a league is not as big as uh as the nfl but they can play their players more and, and you know different things tie into that um with um television merchandising sponsorships tickets um and let's tell you the NBA makes uh, money primarily through, primarily through uh, yeah, television, merchandising, sponsorships, and tickets. Um, each of the teams, uh, so 30 teams in the NBA, they're all valued at around um, $2 billion each, which in your mind, you know, might be a big number, might be not bad. And last season, uh, the league averaged about $8 billion in, in revenue. That's how much they made in. And... That's probably in their eyes. It's that's a decreasing number. It's not a huge number because they're dealing with with certain things um, that is really driving down the numbers, right? What used to drive up the NBA's numbers, and I mentioned the Warriors before. The Golden State Warriors used to be the cash cow for the NBA because when they started taking over, I think in 2014, 15, um, everybody wanted to watch them. Everybody wanted to watch Steph Curry. The numbers, and let me uh, let me give you concrete. <laughs> concrete stuff
though. tell you about something else um ticketing you would think that you know tickets um drawing quite a bit of money for the nba but uh, uh it says that you may be surprised that ticketing is actually not one of the primary sources of revenue it tends to lag behind some of the other revenue streams mentioned above because uh um i guess for you think about the demographics of people who can actually afford the tickets um trying to get to the games the schedules of the games um, people who have kids and, and things like this, people who even think that it's worth paying for a ticket to go see an NBA game. You know what I mean? A lot of these um, different um, uh, basketball cities don't have huge uh, basketball um, media. They don't, you know, the, the city itself doesn't really support basketball. It might be a football city. It might be a soccer city, that kind of thing. And kind of the effect, again, that the Warriors had when they were winning... Um, you know, TV was big for them. The jersey sales, um, everything to do with the media, it drove television. Um, but then when they started losing, it uh, it was bad. And I had this this info here. Let me. Yeah, inside the rating slot. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry for the pauses, guys. So it says here that, you know, right now the, the league's biggest drivers are, you know, Giannis, LeBron James as their stars, as their biggest stars, because Kevin Durant, he's kind of faded out a little bit with his injury. Kyrie Irving, um, with as open as he is with his um, ideas and how he speaks, I don't know how the fans really feel about him. Um, Steph Curry, his, his shine kind of went down when he got injured, and again, He's really big in, in Golden State, San Francisco, that area, but I don't know about um, the whole league at large. I don't know about the world. Like, And we're going to talk about the China thing, how, how the China affects the NBA because um, they made a lot of money through its Chinese connection, and now they don't really have that anymore because of uh, Daryl Morey's comments. But, yes. So the league has been rocked by high-profile injuries and the Hong Kong controversy and... Um, the passing of David Stern, I guess, um, kind of gave them a hit too. I'm not sure how that would kind of hit them monetarily, but uh, rest in peace to him as well. So it says that NBA ratings on T, uh, TNT and ESPN through mid-December of uh, last year were down more than 15% compared to 2018. And so... <clears throat> Um, you remember the Christmas Day showcase, uh, they usually have big games, right? What used to be the biggest game was, was the Warriors playing um, uh, LeBron when he was with Cleveland and when he um, went to uh, L.A. But let me see what happened. So, they're having an issue where 
they're really big with uh, their social media engagement. Um, their league pass viewership is up. Merchandising sales are up. Um, but the problem for them is, is transitioning from cable to TV and to more of like a streaming type service because what they're seeing is that the league is distributed to um, to a lot of young people, a lot, a lot of uh, young fans. And we're the people, our demographic right now is not really paying attention to the NBA too much. You know, I would say that our age group isn't really as excited as we were to watch the NBA, you know, especially when, even even before, even uh, when the season was still in effect, you know, you pretty much knew what was going to happen. If you knew that the Lakers were going to be in the playoffs at the end and that they might face, um, I'm not sure, my family and the Bucks basically that they were basically going to be there that you would a lot of people you know they aren't watching a lot of their regular season games they're waiting until the end when the playoffs start and I mean, even when some of the people that I know have told me that, that you, know, you know the regular season doesn't really matter we wait till the end we watch the playoffs so you can imagine the league taking a hit from one of its biggest uh demographic of viewers not really watching during the regular season but paying attention um during the playoffs they don't really make a whole bunch of money from tv but we watch the games, you know, through League Pass, on our phones, through streaming, because, you know, being on the go and stuff like that, how, how many of us are really, like, sitting on the, in front of the TV for games anymore? You know, it's not really a, a commonality, I guess you'd say. So entering Christmas of last year, it says that NBA games are down 17% on ESPN and 7% on TNT. Like, huge, huge numbers. You know, numerous early season games failed to average at least a million viewers. Um, common benchmark for success. Uh, so, and then by contrast, the NFL, which offers most of its games on broadcast television rather than cable, posted rating, uh, ratings gains in the fall instead of uh, taking losses. And so here we talk about what really affected them in the opening of, of this season of the last uh, the last year. Um, what really for the 1920 season, what um, um, what they suffered the most that really brought down the numbers and the ratings itself. One second here. Well, the clouds passed right by me. I guess since it did not rain. So, even when the season started, it said the NBA season opened with uncertainty. You know, it says here the Golden State Warriors were their premier reading uh, ratings driver in the past years, and they lost Kevin Durant. So when Kevin left and went to uh, the Nets, <coughs> not only did he leave their team, who was a big uh, media uh, presence in the league itself or whatever, you got a lot of uh immediate company companies are down there in la they're near san francisco they're near the bay um he went to uh an east coast team an east conference team not a west conference team and the east conference doesn't get as much uh tv time as the west conference so that drives down the numbers and it's also kind of a big blow and you know in, in fans eyes you know why is he leaving a team that could reasonably probably keep going for how they're doing for the next couple of years and then going to the Nets who aren't too bad but uh, yeah it is what it is 
so they lost him lost play to a knee injury and their team they basically the rest of them just shit the bed man they didn't they didn't really have anybody left to to hold the the team up to hold the uh the previous wins and records and things like this um so now because of previous years you know what happened it said the networks had front-loaded the words on the television schedules because this is how they do it right they they buy they buy uh i guess buying the games I'm, i'm not sure if i'm correct but there's a format where they buy the games beforehand and so they already have the schedule lined up for who's gonna be playing here and blah blah all this kind of stuff if they have those those games set and they have the the warriors front loaded for the most you know the highest spot in television for all the teams then you're gonna be watching you know a team that's losing a lot and then as soon as that started happening even i didn't want to watch the games anymore you know i was doing other stuff wasn't really finding myself in front of the tv watching basketball anymore because they front load the warriors then it goes la's games you know you might see the bucks in there once in a while uh they do the nuggets games a lot the mavericks you know a lot of the west coast teams the, the raptors are one of the heaviest um teams that's pushed because we're in canada so you know you got to push for canada's teams they they almost take up half of the tv network on tsn though not tnt and espn so um you know they did that to protect against the possibility that future injuries might compromise their playoffs hopes and it backfired on them so yeah steph curry broke his hand in the fourth game i think one of one of his actual players fell on him or something and they crushed his hand terrible um and so yeah the networks were stuck airing a warriors team that had plummeted overnight to the western conference worst record so you can't really change that right they were locked in with those games people were watching they're wondering yo why the fuck are they still playing these games and why can't we watch something else um another big backfire that said when um, number one draft pick zion williamson he messed up his knee knee injury during the preseason it took him out for quite a bit i don't think he played for the first maybe two or more months um and it said uh the new orleans pelicans were lined up to appear on tnt espn and uh nba tv in 11 of their first 20 games you know so that's a lot of money a lot of ratings that are going to start going down suddenly when you don't see zion and the team is um you know they got around it right on brandon ingram and uh <clears throat> whoever else they got maybe they're not doing as well as, as people expect them to and uh it starts looking pretty bad uh let's see and so yeah the eastern conference they're not really going to the eastern conference is good tv wise because they would be able to start showing more of the eastern conference games and uh, it would be a big draw for them. But then, you know, tearing his Achilles, he's not going to play all year. Even when he comes back um, conceivably um, sometime this year or, or starting in 2021 for, for the new season, you know, he'd be starting in slow. We're not going to be expecting to see the old Kevin Durant that's, you know, pouring in 30 a game and things like this. It's going to start slow. Um, Kyrie, you know, he's out with injuries quite a bit, like... Um, said all this is weighed on adam silver and left him wishing for a magic potion to avoid injuries because nothing is more important to ratings and time spent viewing you know it's you got to convince people to sit down and spend their time viewing on the tv now because people are busy with their lives people are trying to make money people are trying to take care of their kids everything about life like i said is go 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 now how do you convince people you know these nba games are worth 
your time to watch. If it's your favorite team and you can't even guarantee that your team's going to be competitive, that's tough, man. That's tough. So more problems that the networks are facing. Um, so because the NBA clears its nightly schedules to turn TNT games into showcase events, the network has limited ability to flex out of a matchup, even if it knows a superstar will be sidelined. So they still have to show the game no matter what. competitors that are facing NFL's Thursday Night Football. That was a lot more exciting for me at the time. You know, MLB's uh, uh, World Series, which won a full seven games, conflicted with the four national NBA slates. Uh, the Western migration of superstars uh, James, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George has made it more difficult for the networks to schedule premier matchups in the opening half of their nightly doubleheaders, which typically feature Eastern Conference teams. Right? And now these guys are... are you know, Paul George is on the West Coast now. James is on the Western Conference team. And, um, and Kawhi Leonard, yeah, he's on the Clippers Western Conference. They tried to move the games up from 10.30 to uh, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Hasn't really had a dramatic result, it said. Um, it said they found some success in neutralizing load management, which if you know what load management, uh, load management is, sorry, my bad. Um, it's, you know, resting the high-profile players and not letting them play too many back-to-backs, um, resting them when they're starting to get tired, so, so um, to prohibit um, them getting injured. Because if you injure an all-star or somebody who's, you know, really good on your team, suddenly now your record looks bad. You might not have as high of a chance to win. And, um, um, you know, you're, you're trying to protect that player for, for the playoffs. But then uh, the fans get mad very quickly. They start to... to you know, uh, outcry because there are people who are spending quite a bit of money on these tickets and they're only spending that money to come and see the superstar. You know, they don't care about all the other guys that are riding the bench or the four guys that are with them on the court. They want to see the superstar play. They want to see him dunk, shoot his threes, whatever he's, he's out there to do. And even if the team doesn't win, you know, to expect to, to see a guy, if you, if you bought like one of those season passes or if you bought a thing where, you, you know, you get a meet and greet or an autograph or something like that and you don't get to see the guy because he didn't play and then he decides to dip out you know right at the end of the game yeah fans fans are gonna say something um so yeah it says some people got turned off by load management of course um so the league eliminated the phrase and then adam silver put in a policy that uh, prevented teams from resting the uh, the high profile players during a nationally televised games so if the, the game is going to be shown everywhere there's no uh there's no load management you the player's going to play no matter what so you might decrease his minutes but people are going to see him no that's interesting now so now they're looking at uh radical changes um, for the future. So like I said before, the NBA has the youngest average viewer of the four major sports leagues, and few of its games appear on broadcast television. They're all cable TV. In addition to younger fans who have canceled their cable TV subscriptions, like me, 
like you know some other people that i know a lot of people you know people say why do we even need tv like people look at tv like a waste if you have a tv it's for netflix it's for your disney plus it's for your streaming services not really to uh to watch you know uh two games back to back that takes four hours like a person gonna be looking at you like you know why aren't you making some money and, and things like this like And so, saying like us, in the current uh, coveted 18 to 34 demographic, they love us. We've dropped 49% overall over the past four years under pressure from on-demand content services like Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, and YouTube. So, um, what that says is our age group from 18 to the 30-year-olds really doesn't give a fuck about the NBA on TV no more. And half the people, um, if you know how much uh, subscription to League passes, I don't think you guys really, uh, I mean, most people probably don't really look at that as, as worth it either. You can go on Reddit or you can go on whatever streaming services and open up your laptop and watch like a little bit of a game while you're doing something or here and there. Yeah, they're, they're in a tough spot, man, to make people pay for, for good basketball. And I don't know. So, quote by Adam Silver says, We know by every indicator of popularity that supply and demand aren't meeting. Many of our key constitute fans either do not subscribe to t- uh, traditional cable, we do not, or as a matter of their viewing pattern and practice, don't watch it. They're engaged with other forms of media and in which because of the exclusivities in our current deal with uh, Turner, uh, they don't carry their live games. <coughs> Meaning they can't go and make other deals with, say, netflix or something like that to try and get some of the games on there to try like to to try and structure something different so when their deal with turner ends they're probably going to be looking at some some different things they know they can't really go the uh the same route and try and expect to make the same money and that the league's gonna last with all the um the hits that has been taken and we're still going to talk about the uh the hong kong issue (laughs) So reaching, appealing to, and monetizing us as fans has become the central challenge for the NBA. They're trying to monetize us. So anything that you see coming out of the NBA now in terms of any new, uh, you know, we're doing this. Adam Silver was talking about uh, putting cameras, interactive cameras in the um, in the game, you know, clipping them on players' jerseys, things like this, so that you can almost feel like you were in the game watching from the viewer of, of, you know, being on the court with the player, which I think is pretty cool. You know, they're thinking of some cool things to, to add in there for next year. You might see that start happening. And um, I might pay for that. I might try a free trial for that or something, but, you know, we would see how that would go. Um, He says, from a technology standpoint, the NBA is rethinking virtually every aspect of the viewership experience. In the near future, the league wants fans to be able to toggle through numerous camera angles and audio feeds, participate in gambling and fantasy games during the course of live action, and watch content captured by wearable cameras on on players, like I said, and virtual reality experiences and in video game environments. So they're looking at uh, quite a bit. It all sounds exciting, um, but then understand and remember that it's all a money maker. It's all a money grab. 
you know, I was having a different conversation. Let me let me draw away from the topic a little bit. Talking to one of my brothers yesterday, we were on the phone, on the phone talking about. Uh, I think it was him or, or a different person talking about GTA, GTA Five. Wondering why GTA Six hasn't been uh, made yet. Hadn't you know even hasn't even started production anything like that. Um, turns out that GTA Five is among the top five highest gross uh, video games of all time. Something like that. Um, you know, number one is Mario Kart. I can't remember the other ones, but uh, the reason that uh, the next GTA isn't coming out because, is because Rockstar Gaming is still making billions of dollars off that game um, through their online uh, version of it, people playing online in GTA 5. And I'm like, holy shit, man, that's incredible. The game came out years ago. They're still making that much money, which tells you a company is really motivated. If they're not making money, they're going to start deciding and and looking at ways to make money really quick. They're going to release the next game. They're going to release the next, you know, season. They're going to start the season with with new and and interactive ways that you didn't see before. Um, But yeah, that really compares to the the problem that the NBA is going through and then the the period of, of richness that Rockstar Gaming is going through when you compare how the, how the two entities are, are doing right now. Um, and so they acknowledge that, you know, doing things like this might be taking a risk. How are we going to be accepting, you know, stuff like that? How do you guys think about different camera angles, audio feeds, you know, gambling and, uh, for fantasy games? Um, I think, you know, the virtual reality, reality experiences, sorry, the video game environments, um, the wearable cameras on players, I think that stuff's really cool. But, you know, we'll see about the other stuff. You know, they're thinking maybe about reducing the season, which I don't think will change anything, you know, from 82 to 78 games might help make it smoother, but... Now, we're going to talk about... Uh, the Hong Kong protests and how it affects the NBA. It's a pretty bad, pretty big situation, which is still happening for them. I'm gonna tell you in a second here. protest in a nutshell what it's really about is a fight for democracy and uh kind of the end of communism <coughs> well, uh, what's happening in hong kong is that i don't know if they passed this bill but they were trying to pass a bill that would allow uh the chinese government to take um criminal offenders um from hong kong to the mainland for, for trial and to stand court and to to go to jail over, <coughs> over there. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Where they may not get the same, like, you know, fair trial, uh, the same rights as if they stayed in uh, Hong Kong or, and were tried there. That was really um, the big bill that was distressing people in Hong Kong. And so they were fighting for, for freedom, basically, for um, democracy, from freedom for uh, from communism, like I said. And so during this time, uh, the general manager of the Houston Rockets, Daryl Morey, he was on Twitter 
and he went and he tweeted uh fight for freedom stand with hong kong and um he didn't really say anything bad or inflammatory but you know that uh in the media and certainly if you're a public figure he's not really like a famous person but people know who he is and in the nba he's he's right he's he's one of the uh stewards basically you could call him he's supposed to carry the nba's name while he's supposed to think about how he's affecting the nba how he's making the nba look how he's making his team look and um the chinese government and then you know i don't want to speculate on anything over there how they think and things like this but their reaction was very heated very quick um uh let's see here i'm reading here it said that the response was swift and unyielding they lost it basically when they when he said that uh and the bill itself was a a bill that would allow people to be extradited from hong kong to china yes and so the chinese basketball association uh announced that it would sever ties with the rockets at uh as well as 10 cent i guess that's the uh, the nba's rights holder in china and the rockets chinese sponsors all stop sponsoring the rockets um I guess the uh, Brooklyn Nets owner, his name is Joe Tsai. He's uh, the billionaire co-founder of uh, Alibaba. If you use that company, if you've ever heard about them. Uh, He said that Maury's tweet was so damaging to the relationship with the fans in China that he doesn't know if the damage can ever be repaired or that it'll take a long time to repair. So he's talking like uh, uh, years, right? Years. Um, he also said that, I guess, that the politics in China, it's, um, it's a delicate kind of difficult issue. And I guess certainly in his mind, somebody who lives in the United States, somebody who's not even from Hong Kong, shouldn't be speaking about something like, something like that, right? Somebody who has ties to organizations in, in China that support his basketball organization that literally are almost half of, of the China, uh, of the U.S.'s NBA, um, revenue itself right because they send players over there all the time you know uh nba china is huge it's huge um so let's see so the nba tried to save face tried to um you know it, it, it issued its own statement saying that the uh comment was regrettable that you know they understood that it deeply offended many of the friends and fans in China and they didn't discipline him though and I think somebody from China ended up you know saying something about how it was wrong for them not to do anything and how I mean how could you discipline a general manager I thought that he was the team owner before I read about the information but he's the general manager which means that you know being anybody in that organization the team owner like he has a lot of power right like do you do you discipline him can you discipline him um, uh, I don't know, maybe talk to him, tell him, hey man, like, you can't talk about political topics, especially when they're not even about our own country, like, it, uh, it aggresses people, uh, so it says almost immediately the NBA came under attack from politicians, commentators, um, we viewed its response as overly deferential to the Chinese government, lacking in support for pro-democracy voices, um, you know, they were accused of hypocrisy and putting its financial interests over its ideals, which, you know, at the end of the day, right, I was talking about money. It's a whole 
Uh, the big play is money. The NBA is losing so much money. You know, they, they lost the money through the injuries, um, through us not really caring to watch the NBA on cable TV and, and the decrease and decline um, of, uh, of, of their presence, basically, on TV. They're not on broadcast TV. They're not on, on any, basically, um, streaming networks unless you pay for NBA League Pass. And it's quite expensive if you start looking at the subscription uh, annually. Um, you know, certain people were saying things. So, Senator Marco Rubio in, in Florida on Twitter, uh, he wrote that, you know, I thought the NBA was proud to be the workest, uh, the wokest professional sports league. You know, I guess that only applies to speaking out on American politics and social issues. Which, again, he's basically saying... Um, you know, China revelating speech in America is dangerous. Don't talk about China if you're not, you're not a Chinese politician and things like this. So, I think was certainly for him. I didn't. I don't. I don't think Daryl Morey understood uh, the consequence or how bad the comments really were at the time. The NBA is probably looking at it like, oh shit, like you know, we're losing more money now, more money going down the drain. You know, the valuation of each team being two billion. Um, what's the valuation going to be this year? What's it going to be next year? If they can't get money through us, if they can't get money through China, if suddenly China says, you know, close its doors to the NBA, we're not doing NBA China no more. We're not sponsoring its players. We're not having any ties to the players. Um, that's going to be a big deal. And other countries are going to start to look at, are, you know, do we really want to partner with the NBA? Do we want to be a, um, a, sponsor, a sponsorship to a country that can't... Um, I guess can't really facilitate its uh, its leaders. It's uh, you know the NBA's uh, different uh, uh, owners and GMs and, and things like this. You know they certainly have freedom of speech. They're allowed to say what they um, want to say, I guess. But on Twitter, it's a uh, it's a dangerous game. <laughs> you know Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska said uh, the NBA wants money, and the Communist Party of China is asking them to the, deny deny the most basic of human rights um, and so in response the NBA issued a statement saying money is the important thing which how are they supposed to respond you know I, I don't really it's just uh, it's a whole it's a whole huge situation because now you really start to understand like the way that some people think in that situation um, but that's really what they're thinking um but again, you know, the, the emphasis that the comment never should have been made, right? And how it affected the NBA, how it is going to affect viewership going into the future. You know, again, uh, mentioning our demographic, 18 to 34, how we're going to be affected. Um, will there be an NBA in the next five years, 10 years? Are they going to be able to support themselves um, through sponsorship, through um, TV, through ticket sales, through any type of, you know, I, I don't know, maybe they're going to start to have to decre uh, decrease the ticket prices or something. Yeah, I'm seeing, seeing if, if there's anything else of note, you know. So to explain, you know, how heavy of a problem this is, it says the NBA's global aspirations rely heavily on China, um, with Adam Silver referring to the country and its population of 1.4 billion as a top priority. A billion people, 
you know, because China being a, a communist um, country that controls their own TV networks, that controls what their citizens watch on a daily basis, what they can see on the internet, what they hear on the radio, everything, you know what I mean? If they decide, you know what, we don't want them to see any NBA games anymore. We're not going to air NBA games. We're not going to allow the NBA to send its players here. Do you think the NBA is going to be able to take a, a blow like that? You know, financially in the, in the pocket, will they be able to survive? You know, you looked at the situation this last season where a lot of teams were over the cap, you know, couldn't uh, afford to go and, and trade or, or add more players to their roster. They had to go with what they had. And um, it was a financial, like, all, all a financial situation, like, Oh, guys, uh, technical difficulties, I guess. You got to love them, hey, you got to love them. Uh, what happened was I'm sitting out here, and now that the clouds have passed by me, and I got the bright, hot sun and this nice blue sky, and my, um, <clears throat> I guess, space gray iPhone with the sun beaming right down on the screen, I got the uh, little temperature uh, warning, whatever, and I didn't realize that I cut out again in the middle of the video. But I, I didn't really skip out on too much. I think I was talking about, uh, uh, we were talking about the, the China thing. And um, uh, what, I guess in closing, what I was gonna say, just uh, to give you like the last kind of figures in terms of how heavy a hit the NBA is taking on this um, financially, what it's gonna do to them in the future maybe. You know, according to uh, league figures, it says that 640 million Chinese viewers consumed NBA content during the 17-18 season, you know, and then the NBA's most recent five-year extension with uh, Tencent, um, that's uh, uh, the Chinese NBA affiliate, like I said, um, was reportedly worth 5.1.5 uh, billion, my bad. Tencent announced that 21 million people used the service to watch the decisive game of the 19 NBA Finals, topping the viewership number in the United States and before I cut out or after I cut out whatever, I was talking about how significant that is in terms of the fact that more people in China watch the finals than they did in America. You know, which tells you that the NBA is based in America, you know, you think that it's a big league just like the NFL and all the other ones, they they're competing and they need China. They need China in terms of its fans, they need China for the ratings, they they need China financially, but you gotta compare you know, does the NBA really just care about the money? Are they looking at it like um, a cash cow type of situation? Half the people think so. The people that came out against the NBA and spoke out on Twitter, different senators, like I said. Um, and it's really interesting um, to note that uh, through all this, Daryl Morey himself, I think he, he said something on Twitter. He put out another tweet or something, but he never actually apologized uh, to the Chinese government. And of their organization, James Harden uh, was the only one who came out and issued a, a, an official apology. You know, said we apologize, we love China, we love playing there. Um, but uh, I think, so I remember what I was saying a, a bit before, you know, like I said, with how the Chinese government controls um, what's going on in their country in terms of what the people can see, what they can hear, 
and almost what they can think to a certain degree right like um and how hard the people are fighting for independence democracy from freedom from from oppression and, and government control uh it, it tells you about you know the bigger powers at play and certainly myself i love the nba you know i want to see the nba uh rise it's surprising i didn't even know that the nba was like you know in its infancy in terms of uh in comparison to the other leagues that it doesn't you know get as much viewership and, and that many decreasing numbers you know uh I, it surprised me and it's just uh i want to see the nba keep on going i want to see new stars coming into the league you wonder what's going to happen when when all these guys this generation of stars uh curry lebron Giannis, durant irving um even uh um who else uh, on the mavs they got uh porzingis and uh um i can't remember his name right now luca Don Dontich. Um, all these guys, when they all go through their runs and they retire and, you know, is the next, are we going to be interested in the next decade of stars? Are we going to know, you know, are we going to want to know these guys' names? You know, you think about our demographic decreasing so rapidly and even wanting to watch the games. Are we going to be interested in, you know, the James Wiseman's, the LaMelo Balls, you know, other people that are coming out for people who are really basketball lovers? You know, I'm a basketball lover. I think I always pay attention. I'm not really going to be on the cable um, TV kind of aspect of it. You know, I'll, I'll check out whatever kind of things they have out that they bring in for streaming. I might look into the um, AR uh, type of products that they bring out, being able to, you know, have the video game experience when you're maybe in the game. I talk to people about that. Like, that's a futuristic thing, but maybe not. Maybe in the next two to five years, right? Um, and yeah, man, just, just big, big ideas, you know. In closing, and then I guess one of the main points is I'm excited to see what the NBA restart looks like. I hope that there are no snags, hopefully, that the games are exciting to watch. You know, it's going to be a lot different watching these games, and there are no fans. You think about, there's going to be no cheering. No, you're going to hear the uh, the announcers, if they even have announcers, and the media. And it might be easier to hear the players in the game if, they, um, if they're swearing, I guess, and whatnot. Um, that might be exciting for people. But yeah, man, it'll be a little bit of a thing to get people's minds off of what's going on again. Because you think again about COVID-19, about what we're all going through, just trying to keep a positive mindset, trying to stay together with um, people that you enjoy spending your time with and doing the things that you like, enjoying the things that you like. Because again, we're all in a, a period of change and then looking into um, the future for more change. And um, yeah, man, that's where I'm gonna leave you guys. Enjoy the day, enjoy the sunlight. Or whatever uh whatever patterns you got going on.